Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Sunday, January 21st, 2024, and it was another momentous week for the Ohio State University football program as it goes all in on a title run for 2024. Two more huge additions for the program over the last few days, one on the player personnel front, the other in the coaching department. Let's start with the stunning news that dropped late on Friday night. Alabama star safety Caleb Downs, the number one rated player in the transfer portal, has committed to the Buckeyes. Ohio State beat out Georgia for Downs' commitment. Now, Downs was a five-star recruit in the 2023 class out of Georgia. He was the number one safety in the country and the number eight overall player, according to 24-7 Sports. As a freshman last season, Downs led the Alabama defense both in snaps with 890 and tackles with 107. 70 of those tackles were solo. He also had two picks, one forced fumble, three and a half tackles for loss, and three pass breakups. Downs was also a factor on special teams for the Tide last season. He returned five punts for an average of 17 and a half yards and a touchdown. Downs was a first-team All-SEC selection and a second-team AP All-American last season. He joins Seth McLaughlin as the second former Alabama starter to transfer to Ohio State this month, and he's the second first-team All-SEC player the Buckeyes have added from the portal this offseason, along with running back Quinchon Judkins from Ole Miss. Downs has three years remaining of eligibility, though he's likely off to the NFL after two. Folks, no exaggeration. After Justin Fields, Downs is the most talented, impactful transfer the program has ever landed. And he joins an Ohio State defense that was already returning eight of its top 11 in snaps played from a unit that finished number three nationally in total defense and defensive yards per play, number one in pass defense, number two in scoring defense and in stop rate, and fifth nationally in opponent third down conversion percentage. Now, I said in last week's pod that if you factor in Ty Hamilton and Cody Simon, Ohio State is returning the equivalent of 10 of 11 starters on defense. Well, guess what? Now they've added Caleb Downs to that. With Josh Proctor off to the NFL, Downs will be a day one starter for the Buckeyes, most likely at adjuster safety. But he has the skill set to play all three safety positions for Jim Knowles. And that's pretty much what he did for Alabama last year. Downs played 285 snaps at box safety, 287 at free safety, and 268 in the slot. He even played 28 snaps at cornerback for Alabama. At six feet, 203 pounds, Downs is, as I said, a versatile athlete who can also help the Buckeyes in the return game if needed. Now, the consensus among the Ohio State beat is his arrival will allow Jim Knowles to move some important pieces around the chessboard, namely Sonny Styles, from safety to his more natural position at linebacker. And look, the 2024 defense now has arguably the best secondary and best defensive line in the country. And with Styles moving to linebacker, there is serious upside there at that position if you also factor in C.J. Hicks. So who knows, by the end of the year, Ohio State might, might have one of the best linebacking groups in the country as well. Now, I said this last week. The mission this offseason for Jim Knowles is to find a way to create more havoc plays with his defense. Now, having a veteran defense and a talent in downs patrolling the back end, 
I think that's going to allow Knowles to be more creative and take more risks in the pursuit of those Havoc plays. So I fully expect to see more takeaways, more sacks and tackles for loss in 2024. And look, man, this defense has a chance to be among the best in program history. That is not hyperbole. What we've seen these last few weeks with the Downs commitment as the cherry on top is the full weight of Ohio State NIL behind the program. Now, it took 18 months for us to get here. Ohio State had to play catch up to its peers in the NIL space, but it's now the force we all knew that it could be if the program, more importantly, the leadership of the program would have only fully embraced it as they've done now. I mean, this is how you get 11 draft eligible upperclassmen to come back for another run at a title. And relatedly, we're also seeing Ohio State flex its muscles in the transfer portal in a way it's been reluctant to do previously. I mean, what we're seeing this offseason has been a very different approach from the way Ohio State, for example, handled uh, the Eli Rick situation. Now, I'm probably not remembering all the details, but my understanding of that situation was that Ricks was very interested in transferring from LSU to Ohio State. But Ryan Day didn't want to disrupt a cornerback room that had an emerging star in Denzel Burke and was expecting breakout seasons from Jordan Hancock and J.K. Johnson. Now, that was that was before the 2022 season. And we remember, look, Hancock just couldn't stay healthy and J.K. Johnson just wasn't ready to play. The Buckeyes could have really used Ricks that season, but he ended up at Alabama. Now, I don't know if this is the best example to use because Ricks never really turned into the star player he was projected to be. But the point I'm trying to make here is we're seeing a major shift this offseason, I think, both in talent acquisition and talent retention at Ohio State. And I think we're seeing a coaching staff understanding perhaps for the first time that roster building can't just be about recruiting and developing high school players anymore. The transfer portal has to have a role in your talent acquisition strategy. And also, you know, you can't worry about hurt feelings either. I mean, that was that was the case under Urban Meyer. I think maybe under Ryan Day, that was less of a consideration uh, or it was more of a consideration, I should say, you know, hurting feelings. And, and it appears that there's a shift in that philosophy uh, for Ryan Day now. So the emergence of Ohio State NIL is really allowing them to make major acquisitions through the portal in a way that wasn't possible before. And, you know, <laughs> uh, Nick Saban's retirement, that hasn't hurt either. But I mean, look, it was unthinkable just two years ago that Ohio State could snag two of the best players in the SEC out of the portal. And yet they've done just that with Caleb Downs and Quinchon Jenkins. I also think there's going to be even more support for Ryan Day in the program to operate in this way with Ross Bjork taking over as AD on July 1st. Bjork is a football-focused athletic director who embraces NIL. So I think Ohio State fans can look forward to perhaps not quite the volume of these transfer portal acquisitions, but certainly much many more of them than we've seen previously because the resources are there and the support is there for Ohio State to operate um, as they've done this offseason in the portal. While we're on the, the topic of the transfer portal, one other name to watch very closely is 2024 Alabama commit quarterback Julian Sayan from Carlsbad, California. Now, Sayan has yet to take a snap for the Tide. He enrolled at Alabama on January 11th. Then he entered the portal eight days later after Nick Saban announced his retirement. At six foot one, 195 pounds, Sane is a five-star recruit, the third-ranked quarterback in the country in the 2024 class. He's the number 21 overall player, according to 24-7 Sports. But Rivals actually has Sane rated a little higher. They have him the number two-rated quarterback and the number four overall player. 
Saiyan was the 2023 Gatorade Player of the Year and the MVP of the Elite 11 Finals. He also had offers from Georgia, LSU, and Notre Dame. Now, Bill O'Brien, who I'm going to talk about here in a moment, was heavily involved in Saiyan's recruitment while he was OC and quarterbacks coach at Alabama. And the consensus on the Ohio State beat is Saiyan is there for the taking if Ryan Day wants him. And Jeremy Birmingham said yesterday that after some initial indecision on Ryan Day's part, because he already has Aaron Nolan in the class, that Day is a, he appears to be ready to make Saiyan an offer. Bill Krulik of Bucknuts and Mark Gibbler of Buckeye Huddle have also both crystal balled Saiyan to Ohio State folks. While nothing is official yet, it looks like this is going to happen. And it would be a pretty damn ruthless move by Ryan Day uh, because he's already got Aaron Nolan, who himself is a five-star quarterback, already in the fold. Now, I said to the guys on our text thread that I was concerned saying might create another Quinn Ewers-like disruption to the quarterback room. I'd also I'd also said, you know, I'd rather see Ohio State stockpiling five-star offensive linemen right now than quarterbacks. But look, <laughs> these are first-world problems for Ryan Day and the Buckeyes, right? So uh, life is good right now for Buckeye fans. One last note on the recruiting front. The Buckeyes just landed a commitment from 2024 four-star defensive end Dominic Kirks out of Painesville, Ohio. Kirks was a former University of Washington commit who reopened his recruitment after head coach Kalen DeBoer left to take the Alabama job. At six foot four, 255 pounds, Kirks adds some depth to a class that was a little light on defensive line talent. Jeremy Birmingham says probably the best comp for Kirks is Tyreek Smith. Kirks has a lot of physical tools, some nice athleticism, but his development has been slowed a little bit by injuries. And Berm really kind of considers him a, de a developmental player at this stage, but, but has a pretty high ceiling. So this is a nice get for Larry Johnson. And, you know, look, Ohio State continues to take advantage of head coaching changes across the country here by flipping Kirks from Washington. All right. In some other huge news, and this had been rumored for weeks, Ryan Day was in the market for a bona fide offensive coordinator with extensive experience coaching quarterbacks, and Day finally got his man in veteran coach Bill O'Brien. On Thursday, the school announced in a statement that O'Brien will be Ohio State's new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. It was also announced Brian Hartline will retain his title as co-offensive coordinator, and he will continue to coach the receivers. Corey Dennis will also remain with the program. I thought Dennis would, get, would be fired or be, you know, they wouldn't renew his contract, but uh, he's going to stay with the program in a new yet to be determined role. That's good news for him. But in Bill O'Brien, look, the credentials are very impressive. He has been a successful head coach at both the FBS level and in the NFL. As many will remember, O'Brien inherited a dumpster fire at Penn State in the wake of the Jerry Sandusky scandal back in 2012. Penn State was decimated by NCAA sanctions and transfers, but O'Brien managed to coach them to an 8-4 and record that season, which earned him the ESPN, Bear Bryant, and Maxwell Football Club National Coach of the Year awards. And then after two seasons at Penn State, O'Brien spent six seasons as head coach of the Houston Texans, where he led the Texans to four AFC South titles. I mean, that's no small accomplishment. Quarterback Deshaun Watson, now with the Browns, but at the time he was with the Texans, he was a two-time Pro Bowler under O'Brien in Houston. O'Brien also had two stints in New England, working for the greatest NFL coach of the modern era, Bill Belichick. He was an assistant under Belichick from 2007 to 2011. He was Tom Brady's position coach in 2010, the year Brady won the MVP. And then last year, 2023, O'Brien served as Belichick's offensive coordinator. 
O'Brien also spent two seasons as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the greatest college coach of our time, Nick Saban at Alabama. Quarterback Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy in 2021 with O'Brien as his position coach. And the Alabama offense finished in the top 10 in scoring offense during both of O'Brien's seasons there. Look, that is a very impressive list of accomplishments, I think, for O'Brien, both at the major college level and the NFL. I think for what Ryan Day will be asking him to do, O'Brien is an absolute home run hire. I don't understand some of the negativity that is out there about this hire. O'Brien has 30 years of major college and NFL coaching experience. He's been an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the two greatest head coaches of our time, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. As I said, Belichick hired him twice. If O'Brien is good enough for those guys, he's certainly plenty good enough for what Ryan Day is going to be asking him to do in Columbus, which is to call the plays and coach the quarterbacks. And look, man, O'Brien is certainly a major upgrade over what Ohio State had before he got there, which was a first-time coordinator in Brian Hartline and a kid in Corey Dennis who was in diapers when O'Brien started his coaching career. I mean, look, you know, after Kevin Wilson left, Ryan Day desperately needed another adult in the room. He desperately needed an experienced play caller that can help him, most especially in you know, those high leverage moments against matchup opponents. Now, on the podcast, Doug Maurice mentioned the end of the second quarter in the Michigan game is a really good example of one of those moments, right? So if we remember, the offense was facing a fourth and two at the very edge of Jaden Fielding's range with, you know, probably enough time for maybe three plays. They only had one timeout. Ohio State was trailing 14 to 10, but they had scored on their previous two possessions and they were in the middle of a 64-yard drive that started at their own two-yard line. So, you know, the offense was humming at that stage. And in that moment, you know, Ryan Day had to make two huge decisions pretty much on his own, right? He had had to make the decision to go for it. And then he had to make the decision of what play to run had he decided to go for it. I think if Bill O'Brien was there in that moment, I know Doug Maurice thinks this, if O'Brien was there... All they had to do was make the call to go for it. Then he could leave the play call up to O'Brien. But because Day had to, he had too much to think about, and with the pressure of the moment weighing on him, he made the bad call to run the clock down to two seconds and attempt a 52-yard field goal with the kicker who's never made a kick from that distance in his career. So I think Bill O'Brien is going to he's going to be able to take a lot of the burden off of Ryan Day in those moments, right? And I think O'Brien can can help Ryan Day install better game plans to take advantage of of opponent weaknesses. I thought Andy Staples made a really interesting point about that in his show earlier this week. Uh, Staples said, quote, this is something Ohio State needs, someone who can help them win a game when the talent level is equal or the other team has more talent. Because the one thing about the Ryan Day era at Ohio State is when the talent has been equal or Ohio State has had less talent, they've lost. They've got to figure out how to attack an opponent's weakness and use what they have that the other team doesn't. When you look at Ohio State's offense this past year, it did not seem to have a lot of bespoke game plans. It didn't seem to matter who they were playing. It just looked the way they looked. I think that's going to be different with a guy coming from the NFL and a guy who coached at a real high level in the SEC as well, end quote. So really interesting observation there by Andy Staples. And then there's this tweet from University of Michigan football historian John U. Bacon. Bacon said, quote, 
Dismiss OSU's hiring Bill O'Brien if you want, but in 2012, he pulled off one of the greatest coaching jobs I've ever seen at Penn State while coaching a walk-on quarterback to the NFL. He will toughen up, unify, and improve OSU. You watch. End quote. Look, that's high praise from Bacon, who, as we know, represents the enemy. <laughs> and if your rivals are taking notice, then I think there's good reason to believe you're on the right track. Okay, that's going to do it for me. At some point in the coming weeks, Paige, Chad, and I will get together to recap this momentous offseason for the program. I reckon Ohio State ain't done yet. There's almost surely going to be more developments to talk about. Until then, thanks so much for listening, and go Bucks. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.